Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. Nine week, is fine. Yeah, week number nine. Week number nine. The theme this week, <sighs> the winner takes it all. Indeed. Bye, Abba. Abba! Abba! From Sweden. Hey, this is a big shout out to all you listeners from the homeland of Abba. Sweden. Sweden! We see your downloads. This episode is for you. Well-ish. We really started with rich people with more money than we can comprehend in their trashy divorces. So, And they get nasty, too. Rich yeah. people with their divorces. Boy, oh boy. Rich people really do have different rules. Give them some art to fight about, and it is game on. Art and property. A little, few little plastic surgeries. Those rules play out differently in the realm of love and war when you have that much money. Yeah. And winner takes it all. <sighs> We're going to let y'all decide who are the winners and who are the losers in these stories. You ready to take the garbage out? I am. I am. Let's do this. Do this. Money, 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 money. Money. Stacy. Alicia. What have you got for me? Do you got more money than a Hogwarts vault could ever hold? I've got a guy who made his money by making money. I'm Tell not me. joking. All right. So this guy is not famous in the way that most of our subjects have been famous people. Sure. He's like old money rich. And again, how he got rich is basically. Wait a minute. Back up. Did you just say his he made his money out of making money? I did. He's I did. He's he's Richie Rich. He's so, yes. Wow. Go go go. Yeah. Okay. Also for the story, shout out to Emily Jane Fox at Vanity Fair. Woo-hoo. She did a story on this. Dana Kennedy at Politico, and the busy little beavers at the New York Post and Page Six. Without whom, how could we even do this? Page Six. Big props. We need <laughs> to get you a okay. flower bouquet. Little flowers. Yeah. So, Alicia, there are rich people and there are famous people. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's quite a bit of overlap. But there are rich people who aren't famous, whose wealth is old and ingrained, and who occupy a realm most of us can't imagine. It is a rarefied world. And all too often, those people are not in the least bit shy about using their wealth for malicious ends. Oh. This is the story of Maurice Alain Amon, a Swiss businessman. Oh. If you've never heard of him, don't worry. He's not really a famous guy. I've never heard of him. But he's rich like you wouldn't believe. He's rich because back before World War II, his father invented the inks used in currencies and secure documents around the world to this day. What? He's literally rich because his family is responsible for printing Printing. money, including U.S. currency. The ink that... Maurice Amon is so rich rich that when he pulls a bill from his wallet, he can say to himself, yeah, I made that. Oh, my God. He's rich like that. How do you get that gig? He is not a famous person. He is a rich person. 
different. My story actually is rich people who are not is entirely true. There's a different set there is. of there is. money that you are no press, no nothing, and you live in a very secular, rarefied, yeah. inclusive little world, and ne'er the worlds do meet. True story. True wow. story. Yeah. Um, in 2008, Maurice, then in his late 50s, married American socialite Tracy Hegelin. I am probably mispronouncing all of these names. But again, these people are so rich, it's not like I can pull up YouTube videos where people talk about them or no, they're interviewed yeah. or any of that. So, so Maurice and Tracy. So Maurice and Tracy. Uh, she is about 15 years his junior. They get married in Hong Kong, because why hmm. not? You know? Because again, he basically floats above the earth in his private city. Jet. Yeah. They entered their state of apparent married bliss with his big stack of old money, a giant art collection. And homes in London, Gestadt, Switzerland, which is his home base, Paris, and New York. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Marriage is starting out great. Yeah, not bad. Notably, they did not sign a prenup, (laughs) which is fascinating for a guy who's worth like $1.4 billion. No. But as we'll see, nobody. Maurice had a pretty airtight plan in place if things didn't go well. All, I'm intrigued. All good, right? They traveled. They saw the world. They attended the right functions. He ran his various business interests, and Tracy would jet off to some capital or another for shopping sprees with her friends. Super nice. It's a perfect life. Yeah. I mean, hooray! This sound. What's it's this great, doing on trashy right? divorces? I don't. It's funny. So in October 2015, Tracy returns home from one of these trips to okay. Manhattan. Sure. Just went out for a little shopping. Her first inkling that there might be some problems in the marriage. Mm. So as she walks into their um, 16 or $22 million, I saw a bunch of numbers. Let's let's split the difference. Some 20-ish million dollar Fifth Avenue apartment in Manhattan. Holy cats. After one of these overseas trips, she realized that $25 million worth of art including works by Basquiat, Warhol, Damien Hirst, Alexander Calder, Richard Prince, and Takashi Murakami, was no longer hanging on the walls. What? My art's been stolen. Right. You call the police. I live in a secure building. How do you think, right? I would assume. So let me just diverge briefly. Uh, A quick note on divorce and art collections. So my sense is that the dividing line between the merely wealthy people who get divorced and the truly rich who get divorced has to do with whether they're fighting about art yep like this is like the ultimate status thing i think maybe for the last couple of decades i don't know that it always has been but just to kind of put it in perspective when donald trump and ivana trump divorced as far as i can recall like i don't think they were fighting over an art collection right back in the was that the 80s yeah when they split up so, no, it was property. Property is his art collection. Well, good point. But I mean, also, I don't think he's, he doesn't understand what it is to be rich. He's never been secure. No, he hangs reprints in his, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, one generation later, his daughter Ivanka and her husband Jared, they have tens of millions of dollars in art. And, it, no doubt. and if they ever get divorced, I guarantee you it will be 
knockdown drag out yep. over that art. I'm not even sure why, but that is that's like the distinction of wealthy or rich in my mind. Go, go, go. Okay, Trashy so, art. So back to she walks in. Oh, my God. We've I've been, been robbed. robbed. So I've not found reporting on her like immediate reaction was. But I assume that because the, the building and the apartment are both so secure that that probably wasn't her first thought. I don't know. But I'm also pretty sure that like I haven't seen reports that she called the police. So I'm pretty sure the building probably had a record that their art consultants had been authorized by Maurice to come into the apartment. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure this very quickly. I'm not going to say it it made sense, but that she knew that they had not been robbed. Okay. Um, Sure. A bad way to end a transatlantic flight. Let's be honest. (laughs) So the art apparently had been taken to a storage facility in Queens, which is totally where you take priceless art. Hey, stranger things have happened. (laughs) You know, the next thing she does is Tracy checks her email. What do you think she finds there? Maybe (laughs) a little letter. Uh, A little email from from her husband. From Richie Rich, from 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 Maurice. Saying that he was divorcing her. Oh. In Monaco. An email? By email, where just a few months earlier, the couple had completed a $40 million renovation on a waterfront estate. What? Like, just a few months ago, they were building a house in Monaco, and now he's not even brave enough to face her in person, but sends her an email to say, divorce, lady. Yep. That's long and short of it. Yep. It's a lot of nerve. After stealing all the art. Well, yeah, stealing, whatever. After removing all of the art from the apartment that he had put into her name. Wow. Wow. Uh, it turns out Maurice had been planning to probably divorce Tracy for years. In really? In 2011, he began turning himself into a paper resident uh, of the city-state of Monaco, which has no notion of marital property. Did he tell Tracy he was doing this? No. Oh. And Monaco's divorce laws are explicitly designed to kind of, quote-unquote, limit the damage quote-unquote that quote-unquote gold diggers a term used by monaco's government by the way no like is it an official legal term yeah well it's used in like like the website of the consulate of come here and get your divorce or whatever i I mean i don't know yeah gold digger (laughs) wow so what maurice would do from 2011 forward is he would book himself into hotels for months at a time in monaco in monaco okay not clear that he ever stayed in them. And it's also, weirdly, his butler's been testifying, because this is now all under investigation. It's not clear he would book himself into cheap hotels, or cheaper hotels for long stretches, but apparently would actually be in Monaco on weekends and stay under an assumed name at a very expensive hotel. So the whole thing is weird. With a casino and a concierge. Possibly hookers. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I assume that Monaco. Wow. I've seen some James Bond movies in my lifetime, okay? We I, all have, baby. We all, all have. Right. So every few months, uh, he'd pop up. Oh, and he had some bills routed to these addresses in Monaco. So he'd pop up at, you know, the office of, I'm a foreigner, but I want to live here longer than three months. Wow. And get a little card that let him stay for six. I can register at the DMV. 
kind yeah. of kind of this is not a residency permit no um, but it gives you enough to establish whatever shady shady crap they have under their shady shady laws right but and you have to renew it often and whatever but yeah he's trying to become a paper resident just in case he decides to divorce his wife i mean i allege <laughs> let's be clear i don't think he's come out and said that but that that's how it looks so what happens so Monaco is a dream haven for divorce if you're the rich spouse. Basically, if you divorce in Monaco, you get everything you walked into the marriage with, including any gifts you gave your spouse. Basically, if if their name does not appear on a bank account or on uh, the title of a home or a vehicle or whatever, it's yours. <laughs> if you're if the, you if file you're the a richer, divorce in Monaco. Yeah, if you're the richer spouse... Unless your spouse literally has their name stamped on the thing, the They're thing is yours. Flat nothing. Yeah, a New York lawyer uh, who's been involved in ca- in cases involving Monaco as a jurisdiction told Politico, "Let's put it this way: If a rich man married a poor woman in Monaco and all she owned at the time of the marriage was a horse, she'd be left like Lady Godiva when the marriage ended, naked with a horse. The guy would get everything." Oh my god. So, oh my god. So imagine well, no wonder it's such a fun little haven. Right. Right. So imagine back to a few years before the autumn of 2015 when all of this shit is going down. Okay. Maurice and Tracy are having dinner maybe or enjoying champagne aboard their private jet and Maurice says, "You know what's fun?" What's fun, Monaco. babe? Monaco. Oh, I love Monaco this time of year. Right. Tracy says, oh, God, I love the view from Monte Carlo, and the people there are so great. So Maurice says, what if we built a house there? And then he got to work on it. That's a great idea, honey. I'd love to have a summer palace in Monaco. Right. Wouldn't... Oh, it's so sad. A few things happened very quickly that fall of 2015. Okay. First, Tracy races to Manhattan court to file for divorce... Uh, from Maurice there because the laws in New York are so much more favorable. Like in New York, she'll sure. get roughly half of what they earned during the course of their marriage. So she knows he's filed or she yeah, knows he's, he wants he emailed, to. No, he emailed oh, her. Oh, he emailed her. Yeah. He wants to get a divorce. And she's like, no problem. I'll march down yeah. to my handy courthouse yeah. in New York. We are not doing this in Monaco. Okay, yeah. I'm caught up. Second, she tried to get an emergency injunction preventing Maurice from selling any of the art in his collection to keep that 25 mil that he'd taken off the walls in her universe. Oh, my God. So she won the injunction, like, in an emergency hearing, but it ended up being really, really broad and prevented Maurice from selling any art anywhere in the world. Oh. Which is not really in the domain of a new york state judge to do and the judge was kind of pissed like he just felt like he got bamboozled by like her lawyers racing in like this is an emergency he's stealing tens of millions of dollars in property from her you must put a stop to this so the judge actually apologized later and limited the injunction to those 20 pieces from the new york apartment and then he was like also i can't do your divorce it's Monaco. Monaco's got your divorce, oh, crazy no. lady. So, yeah, so she kind of got fucked there. The third thing that happened is that Maurice held a photo shoot in the Monaco home they'd just finished, specifically focusing on an eight-rack shoe collection and closets full of Tracy's clothes. <laughs> so it is vital to Maurice's... Tra- had Tracy moved in? 
Well, that's a fair question, and it's one that is not yet resolved, even today. So it was vital to Maurice's legal case that Tracy also, at least nominally, be a resident of Monaco. Okay. She claimed never to have lived in Monaco and only to have stayed in the country for a night or two, and I'm not even sure if it was at the house. Okay. So either Tracy, who has, I mean, genuinely a lot of motivation to make my life in Monaco seem very, very non-existent, you know? So either she's lying to, you know, protect her stake in a lucrative divorce. Or... Or Maurice had his people haul over a bunch of her stuff while she was in Europe, staged it in the new house, and then used the pictures in court. And there is some reason to think that Monaco authorities believe that's exactly what he did. Motherfucker. What a... Let me have a magazine come over and stage his fancy photo shoot of how great and glamorous your life is. Because I can put this publication in court and what a dick. Yeah. Fortunately, I don't think it was like, I don't think it was like a magazine, but, but yes, they made sure to go through the Monaco residence and take lots of pictures to show judges in New York and in Monaco. Like, no, no, she lives here. You see all her stuff is here. If her stuff is here, she's here. This divorce is continuing to be fought. Seriously? To the state? Seriously. So okay. from 2015 into 2019 now. But, I mean, even European regulators are starting to raise their eyebrows at some of this stuff. So that puts more pressure on Monaco to pay more attention to its residency rules and what it will allow jurisdictionally, you know, th- that it will control in court. Yikes. There is one notable incident that I must share Launch from this. Launch it to me. Great. February 2017. Tracy is in Paris. Okay. She's staying in a uh, flat Paris. owned by Maurice. Sure. Inside the apartment is a safe. Inside the safe were, allegedly, incredibly expensive works of art. Okay. By Cy Twombly. How do you say that? Do you know? Twombly? Twombly? Okay. Maybe. Anyway, Cy, Cy Twombly, uh, Warhol, Richter, Basquiat, Hearst, oh my God. Prince. Oh my God, oh my God. It is not clear why this treasure trove was hanging out in a safe in a Paris flat, but according to Maurice, Tracy needed something from the safe, but had misplaced her key. Oh no. And it was Saturday. Oh God. In France. <laughs> so she doesn't know the paintings are in there. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Or? This whole incident seems a little disputed, but... Okay. Continue. She calls Maurice's... It's Saturday. I have no key. Yeah. She calls mm-hmm. Maurice's security chief to get a new key, but it was Saturday in France. He said he'd be by Monday. Oui, oui. <laughs> okay. This is where it gets amazing. This could be true. According oh to Maurice. Okay. Tracy starts calling around sure. to like demolition and construction companies in Paris. Oh, my God. And finds one who, for... The right price nope. will come over that day. Sure. With a cutting torch and burn through the safe. You said cutting torch, not cutting tool. Torch. Yeah. Smoke. Fire. Smoke, soot, rubble, ash. Because oh it's my not God. just it, like it's not just the art. Like this flat is steps from the Champs-Élysées. No. In Paris. Like it is. Oh, it yeah, it's just it's full of finery you know it's oh like a, my God. a mink covered couch suede wall hanging what? like okay so there was smoke dust rubble everywhere 
the art was so saturated with concrete dust that it may be impossible to ever fully restore it. According to Maurice. No. So, yeah, this dude, if this actually happened, and there are photos of apparently a safe that's been torched open. Um, If this actually happened, it sucks. And she admits doing it. It's not anything you tried to psycho out on her. I'm not really sure what. Uh, I'm not really sure. Okay, it's all what her comments on this have been. Wow. Obviously, stories like this are catnip for the press. Meow. Um, As was the early 2018 story about how mad she was about the 1.2 million dollar lump sum payment and 122 thousand dollar a month alimony that. The court in Monaco gave her as, oh. the, as the divorce was progressing. Okay. So she's doing pretty well, you know, according to everything that's said about Monaco's courts. Okay, but hold on. If you're Mrs. Richie Rich right. and you're used to living in that rarefied, what did you say? One point what mil? 1.2 mil at $122,000 a month, but... Okay, $122,000 a month. Can I can I quote you some page six? Please. Because they got this. All right, so page six says, based on, uh, so the figures are based on Tracy's lifestyle as Maurice's wife, which included year-round private plane travel, yacht travel, homes in Switzerland, London, Paris, Hong Kong, a $22 million Fifth Avenue apartment. But Tracy, 47, claims that wasn't enough. And she actually spends around 400,000 euros a month, nearly $500,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. $500,000 a month. That just fuzzed out my brain. It should. It should. That's crazy. I mean, that's... Uh Uh-huh. Hold on. I'm going to do some quick math. (laughs) 500,000 euros, not dollars. No, no. 400,000 euros, 500,000 dollars. Okay, $500,000. That's one million. So $6 million a year just for the cost of getting by. Um, Yeah. Yeah, let me take a sip of my extraordinarily expensive beer. No, that's six mil just for the cost of doing business. Mm -hmm. Jeez. All right. At that time in 2018, Mm -hmm. Tracy was still fighting to get New York to take ownership of the divorce. Although it does seem like her legal team was was really (laughs) making the most of what little Monaco supposedly has to offer. Fascinatingly... Both spouses have previous marriages that also included jurisdictional fights in the divorce. Really? Huh. Tell me more. Maurice was previously married to a different woman from New York, and he filed filed for divorce from her from his native Switzerland, and she fought him to move it to New York. I think it was ultimately decided in Switzerland. Oh, my God. So he's had practice on this Monaco move. What he does, yeah, basically. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, like he sets, I think, he sets the wife up with an address in Manhattan and then yeah wherever he feels like being in Europe with better better laws I'm guessing wow better, winner takes it all better laws for him I should be clear yeah the winner <laughs> takes it all what do you do to hold on to your wealth yeah oh no I read an account of a uh, a British woman so apparently London has extraordinarily uh, like good laws for the the lesser moneyed usually the wife right okay this won't be true forever but but now and and throughout history, that's usually been the wife. So there was, yeah, a woman and her husband and their kids' family living in Monaco. They're British, though. 
she realizes her husband is having an affair. Uh-uh. So she tells the husband that like the kids are super unhappy at school and the best thing would be just to move back to the UK. Oh. And he buys it. So they move back. <laughs> She's in court in London, like in no time. She's divorcing what? his ass in London. Pew! Yeah, before like before the dust has settled on getting out of Monaco. Like she knew how that would go. So smart. Smart. All right. So Tracy was previously married to a Saudi businessman, and she spent five years fighting to get her two children out of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Whoa. Yeah, so I guess she gets sort of the existential threat level of, you know, like these are rich guys being rich guys. In Monaco, authorities appear to have opened an inquiry into Maurice's claims of residency and the divorce proceeding. Hmm... Apparently, it's one thing to be kind of low-key advantageous to one side or another, but something else entirely to become a haven for rich guys who want to leave their wives impoverished when they trade in for a younger model. Yeah, we don't talk about it. It's cool we do it, but we're not going to... It's not on our fucking billboard, Joe. That's the thing. Like, Monaco's not in the EU, but Monaco sits... They play. ...sits atop France or mm-hmm. us, whatever. Monaco is, shares a border with France. And so the French... Like, it is not hard to exert influence on Monaco, and if the EU does not want Monaco to be some crazy outlier, it can... It's its own principality. It is its own principality. Mm -hmm. We talked earlier, Grace Kelly was the princess of Monaco for many years. Anyway. And a kinder, more gentler woman who never, who ever lived. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, that, I think, unless you have questions, is the... Maurice Amon and Tracy Hegelin's story. I gave it four garbage cans and a French cutting torch to light the trash <laughs> on fire. I cannot imagine lighting twenty five oh, million I can't, dollars yeah. worth of current modern art that it. I, yeah, and those uh, trash cans are for both of them. There's like, again, I mean, if if the stories in this sure. story are true, like they're both trash bags. Yeah, but you hope she ends up with something more than naked in a horse. For sure. Right? For sure. Like that sounds like her lawyers really are making sure that happens. Dude, winner takes it all. What do you do to hold on to your cash? Yeah, he'll do it $40 million to build a residence to try to convince Monaco authorities. Unbelievable. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really good story. Hey, thanks. For somebody I've never heard of. Yeah, well, and it's I think... It's cool if we just call him Richie Rich, right? Richie Rich, yeah. He's, he'd prefer we just call him Richie Rich. I'm sure he doesn't Well, probably because want... he doesn't... Yeah. This is how... Yeah, this is how these people keep their children safe. This is They just don't make Advertise that... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a good story. Cool. I'll go with four trash cans cool. with the and a French cutting torch. torch. Yeah. Sure. Right Let's on. take a break. Let's take a break. I got some... Art and money and scandal. Meow. Meow is right. Coming up for you. Coming in hot. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. 
This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Alicia, I understand you. You're in fine feline fashion today. I have a doozy of a story. Do you have socks on? I do have socks on. You may want to take them off because otherwise they're going to be knocked off. (laughs) Are you ready? No, I guess I'm not. (laughs) This week, I am bringing you the romance and the destruction of one of the priciest divorces to ever hit New York City. Mm. It was definitely the biggest scandal that has ever hit the high-dollar art world. This was hot gossip, (laughs) the topic, taking over New York City in the late 90s. And since then, the story stays mm, trashy, interesting, at least unbelievable for sure. Well, I can't wait now. Meet the Wildensteins. Oh, great name, by the way. Alec and Jocelyn. Oh, the Wildensteins. You may know Alec because of his super famous last name, which is a big fucking deal in the art world. Right. Alec's family are those Wildensteins. Right. Art dealers since 1875. The authenticators. Is that what they are? Yes. Uh, And maybe art dealers too (laughs) ah well so you might know jocelyn by some of her most notorious nicknames due to her extensive plastic surgery over the years uh catwoman lion queen tiger icon fierce legend bride of wildenstein her plastic surgery and uh, motivations for those will be covered in this story but it is not the focus nor is throwing any shame or shade to her appearance. That does not hold true to the values of this pod and us as writers. We don't shame on looks, weight, or physical characteristics. And I mean, there are enough bad deeds, actions, and behaviors in this story just to concentrate on those. Well said. Okay. So of all the unbelievable things that I'm going to tell you in this story, I'm going to start out with what I think is the most unbelievable thing of them all. Our star-crossed lovers, Alec and Jocelyn, Mm -hmm. are astral twins. I'm sorry. They are what? What is that? They share the same birthday. 
okay. August 5th. Okay. Not only do they share the same birthday, they also share the same birth year. Okay, so they really share the same, like, Of they 1940. Were... Okay. Now, statistically speaking, with 365 days in a year, there's a 0.27% chance. Say it again. 0.27% chance. Not even 1%. Okay. That you would share a birthday with your spouse. So it's kind of remarkable in itself that they share the same year is even crazy. But the thing about astral twins, it that happens on the same latitude and longitude. Okay. So the exciting thing about astral twins is they go many go through life without realizing they have a twin brother or sister until some unlikely coincidence brings them together. Put a pin in that. okay then the realization is brought to light and they share these incredible coincidences so jocelyn's born in switzerland alec is in france i actually pulled how close they were to each other and they do what's the one that's up and down longitude Uh, i think it's longitude okay longitude they share i mean seriously not just that both of them are leos which is my sign but the same birthday and year and longitude yeah pretty weird there's there's no chemistry that's about to happen in this story right and not very far apart either right Mm -hmm. like maybe a couple hundred miles yeah Yeah. okay alec is the son of a very very i can't tell you how wealthy family his dad daniel is the third generation owner of the family business which is not only in art it's horses too okay art and horses which are two really big shady shady Barns or vaults where you can hide some money on the lamb. Yeah. Oh, they're into lambs? <laughs> they're into art, horses, and money. Yeah, well, okay. Okay. <laughs> so when we looked at planning, winner takes it all. Mm-hmm. It was high-dollar divorces of people who were so wealthy, you don't know who they are. And when I came across this one, I'm like, ooh, this is a juicy story. And then it hit me. I know the Wildensteins because of this little amazing program called Faker Fortune, where discovered paintings are researched to be authenticated or added to catalogs of famous artists. So every time this place comes up, people always talk about it in very hushed tones. Oh. And it's the Wildenstein, Wildenstein Institute, and they're always dicks. They are always dicks and are never like, we don't care what kind of provenance you have and that you've just scratched off paint to prove it was the only kind of titanium blue in 1863 in Paris for Gauguin to have painted. It is. But I'm like, whoa, I totally hit a different world with me. Okay. Rich family, like rarefied wealth. They live and entertain lavishly. They do live, just like you talked about in your story, in a very insular society. They're a tribe. They don't mix. These people all share the same vacations together, the same houses, the same boats. Daniel, the dad, it said, hates intruders. He's antisocial. He controls those boys the way his dad controlled him, says someone else. Oh, granddad. George S. George George with an S. I don't know how you say that in French. I'm sorry. George. George. Granddad. George. Perhaps. Is even more domineering and pulls Alec and his brother Guy out of school every year 
for the springtime because it's racing season in France. Georges is eventually like, hey, boys, you don't need no education because you're going into the family business. They sail every year on the Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mary, or the USS United States. They return in October. Like, this is a big, fat family affair. It's the same. They do what they want. And if that includes doing things like sending their kids to school, they'll do that when it suits them. Is that what you're saying? That's, yes. Okay. So, Granddad Georges is in charge of Daniel. And you have to understand. I'm sorry. I know this is a little bit of background, but you don't get the divorce until you get this. George hates Daniel because Daniel is kind of a playboy. Like he's married, he's divorced. Like that's a whole, but he has this over the top lifestyle and his father hates it. And the subplot of this whole family story is a generational trauma, multi-generational trauma of toxic masculinity and dysfunction handed down in this family. That is not the point of this trashy divorce story I'm telling. Oh, okay. But it does help you understand it, and Danielle Steele really needs to get on this. Well, we'll alert bodice tipplers to, right? to watch for that for Bodice us. tipplers. This is, if you want a legacy of... Okay. That's a fun podcast, It is a way. fun pod. So people say behind his back that the dad, Daniel, he's mean, he's ruthless, he's frightening... Nobody really knows him, though. He keeps his shit locked down. There is no press, no scandal. But he has expensive tastes, and he can pay people to indulge him. Hmm. So, George indulged, like, disapproves of all of this. Daniel's like, great. Becomes a regular at 122, a famous society brothel in Paris, and a frequent customer and friend of the legendary Madame Claude, <laughs> who is the most famous Madame in Paris, who sure. had her own celebrated prostitution ring. Sure. I think they were called Claudettes. That makes uh, sense. Daniel was very good at 122, that house, Jocelyn says with a laugh. If you wanted to go into the devil room or, I don't know, every room had a different theme. Alec at some point alleges she was a Claudette. Whoa. But she's neither admitted nor denied that. Hold on, wait. It gets more fucked up. So when Alec's a teenager, Daniel's like, hey, buddy, you want to travel down? We're, we're in Paris. I got something fun you want, might want to try. And initiates him into the mysteries of paid kinky sex with Madame Claude. Alex says he has known Madame Claude since I was 15 and a half. She was a good friend of mine. I bet. My father and I had great respect for her. Uh I knew all her girls. Oh, my God. So here at 15, Alec and Daniel are hanging out together, chasing women. Like, people think they're brothers. Daniel, for his part, just like George, hates Daniel. Daniel hates George. Uh, Becomes the same kind of father, though. He wants his boys to be close to him forbids Alec to go to college. I can teach you everything you know. So he picks up on the thing from the granddad to dad. For years, he refuses to let his boys marry. Uh, He considered marriage an unnatural state. It's said that dad loves his kids, but he was hard on them. He would put Alec and Guy down in front of horse trainers, in front of everyone. He used to scream at Alec until Alec would get sick in the bathroom of the yacht. 
parentheses, the 160-foot southern breeze. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, this is the continuation of the friend. I mean, what's the point in being on the best boat in the world with the best food and the best servants when this nightmare was going on? Right? But this family sticks together, and you're getting this is all a little fucked, right? Okay. Old Daniel wants to keep his fuckery old key. And here comes Jocelyn. <clears throat> Jocelyn, sure. born in Switzerland. Her dad works struggling as a department store buyer. She is really good looking. And at 19, starts dating a Swiss movie producer, moves to Paris. She, in her mid-20s, begins dating an Italian-French filmmaker named Sergio. Let me please tell you, she literally has never worked a day in her life. So, so you don't think she ever was a Claudette? You were saying earlier there was... Undisputed, unproven. She, she might have worked. <clears throat> Maybe. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, to that end, I really do have extensive references for this. This family is not very evident in the press. So I have pulled a number of resources so I can verify the story I'm telling without maybe getting sued by the richest family in the world when I don't have a penny. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> your Patreon support well, means a lot to us. We'll so pay we can for get the lawyers. Sued. Jeez. <laughs> so like she n- never one day in her life is still alive today. Has never gone into an office. Right. Her her title is uh, socialite. Is that correct? She is a socialite. As She's was sub- as was mine. I I always wonder in researching these like a woman who is a what is the male equivalent of a socialite? Like is it a sexist thing? I think it is a sexist thing. Is that Smash the... the patriarchy. Anyway, okay, so socialites, again, I'm very confused by this notion that... Well, she's not a socialite yet. Okay. She really is just making a living through supporting herself from wealthy men. She's not married. Right. She doesn't have any family money to spend. She just is very skilled at supporting herself from rich dudes. <laughs> Which brings us to her becoming a skilled hunter and pilot, because I guess rich dude leisure time sure is what you do. Well, that makes sense, actually. She is dating her Italian Sergio when she heads on down to Kenya for a shooting party in 1977 as a guest of Saudi arms dealer Adnan Khashoggi. Yeah, bringing him back. Good lord. He's been in a lot of stories without fingers actually covering in his pies. trashy. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. I think Put we'll get there. Fingers in my Kashagi pie. Okay. <laughs> so also in nineteen ninety seven, the Wildenstein family buys a percentage of a sixty six thousand acre ranch called Old Jogi, O L J O G I. But I'm calling it the OJ from this point on because it factors a lot in this story. It's in Kenya. Also, O.J. Simpson. Come on. As rich people go to inspect properties, Alec, in 1977, heads on over to the O.J., and there just happens to be a super hot girl there at a shooting weekend invited by Saudi arms dealer Adnan Khashoggi, or whatever his name is. Okay. Jesus Christ. So, right, it's Jocelyn. So, Jocelyn is friends with, and this this guy was the cousin or uncle or whatever of Dodi Fayad who mm-hmm. died with Diana like good lord what a small world these 
No, it is a very super rich people moving. It is a very tiny, tiny, tiny place of the uber wealthy. Yeah. So here's Jocelyn. She's a 31 year old knockout. And Alex says an exciting woman. So I'm going to let them tell it. This is quotes from them. An exciting woman. A lion had to be killed at a neighbor's ranch, Alec recalls. The night before, Jocelyn asked, could I go with you? I said, as long as you keep your mouth shut. Sweet guy. Good start. Yeah. At dawn, they sat wordlessly, waiting for the big cat. Alec made the kill. On their first day together, they rode motorcycles to a hilltop and shared their first kiss. It was quite intense, Jocelyn recalls. So there's astral twins. There's an immediate connection. Sure. But she's dating Sergio. She's been dating him for five years. Since 1965, this is 1977, Alec has also been living in Paris for 12 years with a Ford model named Maria Kennedy. Mm. Which apparently stops frozen cold the second he sees Jocelyn. Those crazy Leo kids. <laughs> but remember Daniel Daddio being all anti-marriage? Yeah, don't get married, kid. Yeah. Screw up your life. Alec and Jocelyn elope to Las Vegas, April 30th, 1978. They later invite friends and family to a second ceremony and reception. Daniel... Nowhere to be found. Hmm. He wasn't just against the marriage. He was against Jocelyn. Daniel, daddy-o, pulled a fucking Emily Gilmore and went back to Maria Kennedy. Kimberly? Kennedy? Damn it, I have to. I think you said said Kennedy. Kennedy, but I have another name here. I've meshed 12 stories together. But the ex-girlfriend. Daniel goes back to the ex-girlfriend to try to win... Hey, will you please win my son back? Right. Because I... Need you to fly to Vegas. Pronto. Very now. Listener, it did not work. (laughs) So Jocelyn and Alec marry. He does art and horses. She is living as a top-tier socialite. Now she's got the money to chair... Celebrity balls, um, foundation oh. balls, like that's your social climbing that's, socialite. You gotta have money to play as a yeah, socialite. Yeah, so it's not just the it's not just wealthy women who don't work, but it's wealthy women who are involved in causes. And it's wealthy women in the top four hundred hosting in New York that host hosting and cause parties and, that raise money for things. Right? They have two kids. They have a private jet. The OJ Ranch dream. <laughs> Jocelyn. Buys a $350,000 Chanel dress designed by Karl Lagerfeld, God rest her soul, and like $10 million worth of jewelry in one day. This is no big deal. She has a $5,000 phone bill a month, which is like kids today, you don't know, long distance, oh, yeah. text, used to all be that shit, you used to have to pay for Well, there was no text. And you, no, there was you no text. You had to pay for your- But you had to pay for lo- every call. And long in, distance? In-state long distance cost way more than- <sighs> state to state long distance i mean they are living a high life in an average month she and alec are spending about a million dollars just for basic upkeep Hmm. to just give you a little another drop on the og for their daughter diane's 17th birthday they built her privately a three million dollar mansion at the oj i mean why not well i mean she needed to have her own space yeah well don't we all so they get married in 78 and 
as they walked into the marriage, they'd been married about a year, Alec recalls, when Jocelyn told him his eyes looked a little baggy. They went in for his and her eye lifts. No. Yep. Oh, I've seen pictures. I know where this is going, and I worry. But for Jocelyn, it was just the beginning. This is Alec talking. She was crazy. I would find out last. She was always thinking she could fix her face like a piece of furniture, but skin doesn't work that way. She wouldn't listen. Over a period of time, Jocelyn did create a cat-like mask, sometimes so taut that it was hard blinking. Friends suspected that she was trying to look like a jungle cat. Jocelyn says that the lynx has perfect eyes. She keeps the lynx as a pet. She believes her grandmother has those same cat eyes and high cheekbones. In the past, Jocelyn claimed that she had facelifts because Alec hates to be with old people. Which, that is something I believe. She says later, he never pushed me, and he told me all the time I looked young, until the day you don't look young enough. Right. I I have known people who, their own aging made them crazy, and I, and I can believe that, that at least that she believed that at a certain point he would abscond, as you like to say. Well, I mean, here's, okay, I try to, you know, in any story, I try to put myself in right my villain hero whatever role you are shoes and i can imagine hey i'm a swiss girl i've dated around i've hung on to rich men i haven't really had to work but i'm a charlatan right and oh i'm a it's not charlemagne chatelaine chatelaine there you go <laughs> okay there you go. Charlatan seems a little... Is Chatelaine the right word, though? I think I think that's what you mean. Yeah, and men have told me for years... can imagine her hearing, like, oh, sex kitten, and having all those feline lioness sort of things attached. Well, and the foundational moment in their relationship involved a big cat. But hold on. <sighs> here's... No, here's what's bad. Um, He loves to hunt big cats. And... This is where it's thought that she's trying to make herself look like his favorite game, which is all weird. However, Jocelyn is reported to be ecstatic with her work. She feels beautiful. She looks in the mirror and loves what she sees. She got exactly what she wanted. So, yay you, sister. To your knowledge, is she finished with plastic surgery or does she continue to? I do not have that information. Okay. I do have the information. All told, she spent $4 million on plastic surgery, but I do not know if she's continuing to have it. Do you know if, because I have seen her described as a plastic surgery addict. Mm-hmm. Does that seem, was there an end point that she reached or does that? I does think it, it's fairly continual. Okay. okay. And it's like, it's funny when you research and look at pictures of her at 19 at 24 and pictures of her through the years. Because it reminds me of the movie Hook, when that cute little kid is feeling Robin Williams' face, and he's like, oh, there you are. Like, you can almost see her if you, like, oh, yeah, there you are. But she loves the way she looks, and that's not the point of the story. Right, right. (sighs) Here's where it starts to get bad. She continues to have plastic surgeries 
what maybe she was trying to prevent may have actually led him away. Alex says, like, do you want me to brag? I'm a French man. Like, I've had plenty of lovers. Oh, oh, this will piss you off. He talks about in the early years with Jocelyn, there was excitement, physical excitement. Her good health was very important because I'm an animal breeder. Oof. <laughs> it's not... It's not how you want your spouse. Uh, okay, but aside from her good breeding health and love Jesus. of Africa, Alex says they didn't have anything in common. The fights were constant. She was hysterical. Jocelyn's like, that's absurd. We never fought. Like any couple, you have arguments, but we lived really happily until. Dun, 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 dun. Until. March 1998. Okay. Jocelyn's father, Armand, dies of pneumonia at the OJ in Kenya, where dad's been staying. Wow, okay. Well, it's a 66,000 acre ranch with 300 outbuildings and like right, dad but, can get care there. But it was her in-laws. Anyway, I'm just surprised because yeah. she, if she wasn't necessarily welcomed into the family, like that's kind of a nice Well, her mom is that... there too with Alzheimer's. Like... Wow. So okay. apparently if you have 66,000 acres and hold on, I may actually have. You can just shuffle them off to an outbuilding somewhere. about this, like 200 outbuildings. And I mean, it's it's a it's a big place right, with right. a lot of staff and it's probably a good way to offload but still, your I mean, elderly it, relatives in that rarefied world. Right. But it probably also means that the Wildenstein, like Clan Wildenstein or whatever, had had warmed to the idea that like well, oh, Jocelyn's this is... had kids like oh, Daniel warms a little with two kids who right. are by now like teenagers they've right. been married 20 years right. things are fine right. well <laughs> fine ish I bet that's not gonna stay true so in March 1998 Jocelyn's father passes away Jocelyn says God, so trashy I kept my father in the refrigerator for 14 days until Alec could get there Jesus Alec says the funeral was delayed so Jocelyn could find an ebony coffin and a perfect burial spot. Alec gave a nice speech, she says. Like, so things are contentious and death of a parent. You are in significant grief. Yes. Which may explain some of what happens, but it doesn't explain. <sighs> okay. Three weeks later, April in New York, <laughs> Alec tells her the marriage is dead. Oh. Well, uh, they remember they did the day very differently. <laughs> Alex says he was going to work when Jocelyn flew off the handle because I'd changed cologne. And she found that like she started calling me names. She called me at the office. I want to know why immediately. Yeah. Stuff like that. Again, if you're jealous, I can see oh, why do you new, change? Co yeah, new, cologne. new cologne. What's going on there? Do, yeah. If you have on cologne, I'm like. Oh yeah! I Don't mean, wear cologne. Seriously, it fragrances just, it, it just skip hurts. it. It hurts. It does. The people in it the world. does. People with sinuses. It hurts. Anyway, Jocelyn. Her story is: she asked if he wanted to have dinner. He said no, and instead told me, "I'm dating a couple of women." Jocelyn's like, "A couple of women, or just one?" Because if you don't know exactly what you want, I can be patient. Alec later says he was trying to soften the landing. He admits he lied because, in fact, 
He had already married them. Back in the USSR. Oh, no. He's fallen in love with Yelena oh. Jerikova, a gorgeous 21-year-old raised in Russia. <laughs> no. Falls hard. 20. How old is he at this point? Uh, hold on. Uh, can, I, can I pause you for 10 please seconds? Do, because please do. Yes, it's coming. go forth. Sorry. So he falls hard. He says he met her a month before he told Jocelyn he was leaving. Here's the trashy divorces quote from this week's episode. He says, all you have to be is on the launching pad and meet somebody to make the countdown. Which is exactly what Debbie Reynolds said. Like, you can't make a man leave unless his bags are already packed. Yeah, that, that is, okay, good. Okay, okay. so. I mean, not good, because again, he's been married for 20 some odd years now she is 21 years old sure dude he's already on the launching pad dude bro russian baby is at his side for racing season he takes her mom and brother to the oj okay he pays for her to get a professional portfolio by a famous photographer great asks his friend eileen ford afford models to give her a contract cool she walks in the chanel runway show that year okay lands a role in a woody allen film well all right poses for harper's bazaar okay that's cool okay okay so he's not he didn't he didn't just use like okay oh no wait Okay. Alec, big surprise, becomes a vegetarian, begins working out, loses 57 pounds. Loses the Russian? No. He oh. wants to keep himself. He is Oh, he's on doing a- this for her. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is 1997. He was born in 1940. So he's in his late 40s when okay. this is. Sure. Oh, late 50s. Sorry. When this is happening. Okay. Okay. But wait. When he couldn't shed the rest of his old fat, guess what he did? Had liposuction. I was going to say plastic surgery. (laughs) Guess what else the dick did? A dick? Underwent nasal surgery to cure the snoring that Jocelyn had long endured for 20 years. Okay. Deep in my personal heart, that pains me. Not talking about it. (laughs) Alec dismisses those who call a 57-year-old man's devotion to a 21-year-old woman foolish. Okay, so, all right, so this is a thing that I... Oh, my God, hold on. Why foolish? You can be 21 and have the mentality of a 50-year-old. No. Nope. You can be 50 and have the mentality of a 10-year-old. That's uh, unfortunate. I'm in love and I'm not ashamed. <sighs> okay, I'm not saying that there cannot be real love between people of vastly different ages. Sure. I'm just questioning it here. <laughs> so this is April. So since this happens... No, no, they're called May-December... <laughs> actually that may be a fun trashy divorces one day may december trashy Ooh, ooh, we actually have a few i just hadn't thought about oh we definitely have a few all right anyway so april sorry jocelyn is living on the third floor of the family home she is a pariah she is cut off from other family members oh my god the doors to the communal living room library dining room and pool have been locked and she has no keys no so is she a prisoner? Everything is closed, she says. Everybody goes, I think, to one direction. When I walk by, they don't turn. Wow. Um, family friends oh, are keeping terrible. her at an arm's length. At first, the divorce talks are cordial. But by June, Alex's attorneys are arguing that in 1978, Jocelyn had signed an agreement, which stripped her of any claim to the family's wealth. 
Alec. Oh, more porridge, sir, says he only made $100,000 last year, and then all of the properties, paintings, cars, and assets are his dad's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't have anything for you to take. They're all in LLCs that I don't control. I make $100,000 a year. Yeah. I can't give you anything. Yeah. So just keep all these in the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. From July to August, Jocelyn's monthly al- allowance of $150,000 was reduced to $50,000. Okay. Her- still, as a normal person, I'm like, dude, like, wait for it. Okay. Her credit cards are canceled. Her house authority is undercut. Her personal accountant's fired. So you think this is bad? I, I'm i not sure I do, but go ahead. But it gets worse. Because okay. on August 31st... Does she want to know what I make in a month? Because we can have a chat. On August 31st. And I live pretty well. Alec, her estranged husband, faxes her down at the OJ Ranch and says, It is impossible... For me to let you come in at number 11, their 14-room Manhattan townhouse on East 64th Street. I was going to ask. So, okay. So, she is, for this conversation, she's in Kenya. So, she's been living at the penthouse. She goes to Kenya to the OJ Ranch. Right. But the divorce is happening in New York City. Correct. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, they've got a bunch of real estate. I mean, they have the largest private residential home in Paris at like 66,000 square feet called nah, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Right. No. And they've, like, they've got a bunch of New York real estate. They like, I cut down 50 pages on this to get it where it well, like wealth okay. beyond So measure. anyway, she flips off to Kenya and he, he drops her a note to say like, you're on your own or something. So she's yeah. in Kenya. He fax, faxes uh. her and is like, hey, don't come home. I'll be entertaining this week. Oh, my God. Um, you're, hey, what does she do? You're married to a Leo. Yeah, I am. <laughs> what does she do? Uh, she Alicia. decides to go back home anyway. Really? I'm stunned. And just before midnight on September 2nd, she arrives at the townhouse with her two bodyguards. What happens next depends on who you ask. I'm breathing into the mic just for the effect. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Jocelyn says when she and her assistant went upstairs, Alec was at the door wearing a towel. Once he saw her, he grabbed a loaded 9mm semi-automatic and aimed it at her. Wow. And continued to do so even after the bodyguards identified themselves. Hold up. Jocelyn also says she glimpsed a naked blonde woman in the bedroom. Was she Russian? Alex says, no, none of this happened. I was downstairs. I saw the bodyguards. I mistook them for burglars. This is Barney Stinson Once I realized what happened, I put the gun away. Oh, boy. The end of the story. There's a naked woman leaping out of their window. Guess who comes in? New York City's finest. (laughs) Arrest Alec in handcuffs. After one of Jocelyn's bodyguards called the police. Uh, good call. Alec reportedly shouts, I will see you are the one out on the streets. 
He spends 16 hours in custody in his Armani suit. So they let him get dressed. And Legion d'Honor lapel pin, which was the talk of the town at the infamous Tombs prison in Manhattan. No doubt. Okay, so that day. God damn, what a fuck. In my Armani suit. That guy did not have a pleasant 16 hours. But apparently that day, he says, I broke off all feeling for her. It was also the day that the story for the family who always stays out of the press, the New York Times ran a story about artworks that had been stolen by the Nazis in 1940, recently discovered in the possession of the Wildensteins. Yep. Wow. Not a huge surprise. The art world's really polluted with Nazi theft, right? There's a lot of Wildenstein Nazi... Again, not the story of the trashy divorce here. Right, right. I had to cut a lot out that I, it's Patreon. But, it's so but fascinating. But all, all of these things coincide in a way that's particularly yes. ugly for the family? Correct. Alex says the final straw is the public humiliation from that day. His dad couldn't accept it. I couldn't accept it either. Daniel, not being familiar with being faced with the unprecedented situation of a loose cannon does everything wrong he declares war on jocelyn cuts off her credit cards tries to borrow from the family homes including the oh chateau de marenthal in paris largest private residence in metro paris the oj the family's private island compound and the british virgins friends are stunned like whoa I, I cannot believe this family is finally, like, their friends are, I, I'm horrified that your name is in the press. Okay. They get to court. Judge grants Jocelyn an order of protection and the right to remain in the townhouse. Alex lawyers move for her eviction. Nope. Actually, what year was this? This is late 90s. Mm-hmm. All right. It, 97, so it, 98. It was pretty different. These days, though, you, again... You can, in New York in particular, you can get a divorce without ever being in court. You can get un, um, anonymous v. anonymous as the sure as the case name and like really go hard at keeping it out of the press if you want to. <laughs> well, this hits... This is war. You're describing war. No, I'm describing war in the press for a family that, who has never had their name whispered in public. Right. Who has done a shit done of... Dirty deeds. Apparently. Who nobody talked like. Right. You take your kid to a brothel at 15. Like, sure. There's mil. Like, they have. They are rich. They are millions powerful. Millions of paintings they... and hidden vaults. All, oh, I mean, it's bad. Okay. <sighs> Tell me. Alex lawyers moved for her eviction from the townhouse, sus- uh, suspecting that she might take scissors to all the Bonnards there. So, doing the same thing yours did. Like, She's going to trash the art. Right. The Wildensteins change the safe combinations, bar her from OG, where her mother, Jocelyn's mother's being nurse for Alzheimer's, ordered the townhouse's servants to ignore her. No. This Uh, is horrible. This is horrible. Jocelyn says, my husband seemingly has no more use for me, preferring to lavish our fortune on his girlfriend. Wait for it. Her lawyer demanded that Jocelyn receive interim support of $200,000 a month, $500,000 in legal fees, access to all the properties and servants, 
and that a $50 million insecurity be set aside pending the outcome of the divorce. Also, apparently she doesn't eat because in an interview she admitted she doesn't know how to turn on the stove in the townhouse's industrial kitchen. So it's a sad life. Alex attorney, you ready for this shit garbage pile? Yeah. Raul Felder. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Decides to be a gent and asks to mo- to ban media coverage from the case for security oh reasons, God. but also to spare Jocelyn humiliation. He notes her distinctive face has become the subject of international tabloids and compares Jocelyn to a space alien. So that's a dick move, and everyone is playing dirty in this war. Yeah, Raul Felder is like the um, <sighs> divorce lawyer to the stars, and the yeah, he's there are no good stories featuring him. There are only trashy stories featuring him. In December, Alec cuts off Jocelyn's phone bill after five thousand bucks. She thinks the house is bugged, which you know, if you've got Ralph Felters, and like maybe yeah. it is. Yeah. All of her guests are directed to use the servant's entrance and the scandal. The kitchen staff has been told not to refill her bedside fruit bowl. (laughs) Oh, the pettiness. Alec, nearing 60, has claimed uh, that he has nothing he can call his own. His father controls the assets His bills are paid through a mysterious network of corporations and accounts, according to Jocelyn. I'm told none of the family businesses or properties, including the properties used exclusively by my husband and me, are in my husband's name. On paper, everything is owned by Daniel or foreign corporations. But Jocelyn remains undaunted. She hires a really good strategist. She hires a great lawyer. She seeks out old friends, lines up some more plastic surgery, and she isn't going down without a fight because she's a Leo. So is he. So, battle cats. Battle cats. After 19 years in this family, she has a really powerful trump card. She knows everything no one's heard that's never gotten out in the press. Oh, yeah. So as she starts dropping some interesting things, like... Maybe the family talks about their secret Vermeer. (laughs) She also dropped a little bit of news to the FBI and New York State tax authorities. Yeah. Where the entire art world was kind of riveted. Jocelyn could be the thread that unravels the whole sweater, says a collector who's known the Wildensteins for two decades. She could open up the whole story. Because Jocelyn knows a lot about the family business dealings. And shrewdly exploited that knowledge. The Wildensteins could not tolerate a forensic accounting in America court. Sure. Because, right, they have private planes. You're going to your ranch in Kenya. You can load your Vermeer on a private plane and nobody ever knows it's transferred or taxes were put on it. Like, it is art scheme city. Sure. Sure. Art magic. So, needless to say... She's in a strong position to dictate her terms. Daniel vows he'll never settle. Jocelyn demands a full accounting of their international assets. Alex says he wants Jocelyn to have a good life. I can't forgive what she did. Maybe she can't forgive what I did. What are the final terms in the divorce? 
She gets $2.5 billion plus, yes, $2.5 billion. Wow. Plus an annual $100 million for the next 13 years, which is a cool $3.8 billion. Your eyes are very wide right now. $3.8 billion. Which, if your family is worth $10 billion or so, is a pretty pricey price tag. So what does that mean that Jocelyn knows that you don't want out there? Or how many other billions do you really have hidden in art in or, your secret worldwide vaults? Or both. Or both. Can you process $3.8 billion? No, but it's $100 million a year for 13. Isn't that $1.3 billion? So added to the two point five billion, yeah, three point gotcha. eight. Okay, okay, three point eight. Wow, I would be darling spending three point eight billion dollars and never succeed. Oh, I don't even. I I seriously don't know how you would do that. Even in her anger, Jocelyn is sympathetic to Alec. She says, "When you are fifty-seven and you're still the son, you still think you're the same as when you were seventeen. He, he's never he's never been his own master. When you reach fifty. You like to have a certain freedom. Alex says he's never had a choice. I was told from the moment I was born that this was my life. Yeah, no, these rich kids, I'm not necessarily (sighs) feeling terribly sympathetic toward them, but there is something to that, that at a certain level of wealth, like doors are just closed to you. Yeah, Doors that normal people can walk through and and must walk through in many cases. Yeah. No, it's a not. it's a rarefied world. So here's the aftermath of this, which is yeah. almost more upsetting. Alec, his father did die in 2001, and Alec inherits half of the business empire along with Guy, his brother, the other half, estimated at $10 billion and is included to be the world's largest private art collection. He did remarry. To a different Russian model named Nayubia Stopkovia. Uh, he died 2008 of prostate cancer. Okay. Vanity Fair reports in 1998 the Wildensteins were worth at least $5 billion, But that would have meant Jocelyn hightailed it out with 90% of their... Like, it doesn't make sense. No. After Guy and Alec estimated the value of a state after their father's death, they're only worth a... <laughs> Here's my more porridge, sixty million, whatever. Jocelyn's fortune has actually this is the hardest thing to believe has vanished, and she filed for federal Chapter Eleven bankruptcy protection in May 2018. That again, how do you how do you spend two billion dollars? She listed spend- her Citibank account balance is zero. She's seventy seven now. She says she's getting by on nine hundred dollars a month and friends and family to pay her expenses. She is sitting on millions of dollars in property. She listed assets of almost $17 million against $7 million in liabilities. She does own a almost $12 million apartment in the Trump World Tower and a Bentley. Her debts are steep. She owes about $300,000 to lawyers. She owes $4.6 million on that apartment. She alleges her money woes are not a result of overspending, but problems with the trust. She says in her trust she was guaranteed Diego Velasquez painting that turned out to be a forgery. As well as a Cezanne artwork 
that was valued at less than expected. So mm. some of her cash came in art, which it turns out out of the secret vaults, if you've worked in real Nazi stolen and right. fake. Right. Huh. Shady family dealing in stolen Nazi work and pissing off the fine folks at fake or fortune. Anyway, she plans to sue her trust. She's dated a dude named Lloyd Klein for like 18 years. He's a fashion designer. He recently faced charges of assault. I don't know. All of her legal and financial plights are still ongoing. And uh, I don't know how you spend $3.8 billion. And that's the trashiest divorce I can come up with a lot of money. Winner takes it all. That is, that is a lot or of money. do they? Mm. I don't even know where to land on the trash cans for this one. I don't either. That's a, that's a hell of a I mean, a story. it's sad. They're astral twins. You get the connection. Oh, it should just be like, oh, I found this. And his dad gets in the way. But what if they're two just mediocre people who found each other and then had a lot of money? And your parents get in the way? No, money gets in the way. I mean, parents get in the way. But an obscene, like, this is money we cannot even dream Well, of. and I was, I, I mean, I think I told you that I am vaguely familiar with, with Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And it's been my feeling for a long time. That if she were not super rich, someone would have intervened to get her psychological help years ago because of the plastic surgery obsession, because of good things would have happened for her, but she was too rich for good things to happen. So are you saying that in our society, if you have a lot of money, you tend to get away with a lot more? I'm saying that the very rich often fall through the cracks, Alicia. Yeah, they do. We're we're dancing around so many topics right we now. Really are. Anyway, ah. um, that is, you know, the winner takes it all. I think that's a pretty juicy bomb. Dropping whatever knowledge you have to end up with a third of a like a third quoted of a family fortune, and end up fucking losing it all. It's remarkable. Well, the losing it all, right. but meowable to me but like if this were a movie there would be a scene where i don't know she walks out of court with her 2.5 billion dollar judgment and And her links like blows the smoke off her pistol you know like no the links that she's got on a diamond collar high fives high pauser so so ups and downs in her life for sure yeah for sure i don't know if i've done a divorce like that it's a rarefied world there's a lot of that's some trash candy, man. That's what I got. It's uh, it's a good one. I'll go four. Uh, yeah, I can see four. I mean, maybe four and a half just because of the gold in your Hogwarts vault. Sure, sure. And some Nazis with stolen art to set them on wow. fire. Wow. Wow. All right. It's trashy divorces for this week. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Stay classy, not trashy. Don't take trash candy from strangers, whatever you do. We'll see you back next week, friends. Have a good one. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. 
check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.